Hey Elaine, how are you? I'm brilliant, thank you. Shabri, nice to see you. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Looking forward to Sales Innovation Expo over the next couple of days. Yeah. Um, but um was really keen to have you on as a as a guest on this podcast, Elaine. So thank you for joining. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we've been talking about a lot um as we kind of come to the end of 2023 is you know, what have we seen change this year? What can companies be doing differently next year? Um, and I know that you're all speaking with a number of different companies day in, day out, um, and helping them um, sort of with their teams and essentially talent for their teams as well. So really excited to get stuck into that. Um, and uh, so I guess just before we start, for, for those people who don't know you, um, it'd be great to get a bit of an introduction to, to who you are and, and who Venetrix is. For sure. Um, so I'm the founder of Venetrix, and we are the leading partner for SaaS companies who are looking to scale and upskill their SDR teams. So we've been operating now for eight years. We've placed three and a half thousand people <laughs> and worked with 500 different businesses. Um, and my passion for, real, for starting Venetrix came from my absolute love of new business pipeline, prospecting, new business generation, um, as we really see the value that that can add to organizations as they're looking to add clients to their own roster. Um, so yeah, that's why I set up Venetrix and, and here we are eight years later. Amazing, wow, 3,000 individuals. Um, I can't wait to get to get into some of uh, the trends that you've seen there. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you started Venetrix, what was the opportunity and what challenges um, were you looking to, to address? For sure. So Venetrix started at the very kind of boom of SaaS companies coming to the UK. I think it had been successful in America and it was when SaaS companies were looking to make the transition across to the UK market. The challenge for those businesses was finding people who were dynamic, motivated, hungry, and could help them book demos. And a natural solution then came to be individuals who are in the early stages of their career who would be motivated to take on the opportunity, book meetings, etc. Now, the challenge was then and still is now is how do you actually evaluate somebody's skill set who's not necessarily had a job before, they don't have a depth of experience on their CV to lean back on for interviewers to be able to reference. And as such, we created the Venetrix process, which involves an assessment center, which back in the day used to be in real life and now is virtual (laughs) online, um, which helps revenue leaders identify the key characteristics and raw potential that a person may need to be that Trojan horse out in the market, generating new business um, and and business interest. Okay, amazing. Um, So much to to get into there. And um, I know for one, I I started my career as an SDR. And I think what you just said is really important. It's like, how do companies evaluate someone when they haven't had a job and you can look at a CV, but there's only so much you can put on a CV. So I I love the model where you're looking at raw potential, not judging people by their CV. Um, I'm curious to know, you said you've been in business for eight years now. How have you seen the market shift? Um, I guess, firstly, from a company perspective, um, and then secondly, from a individual's perspective and, and what some of that talent now looks like. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. So, Eight years ago, the word SDR didn't necessarily mean very much, certainly to the candidate market. Mm -hmm. And actually, at that time and prior to that time, 
being a salesperson for a business was perhaps something people more kind of fell into was an accidental career trajectory that people would find themselves on. It wasn't necessarily something that people aspired to be after university. Um, I think in the, in the period of kind of 2018 onwards, it became super popular. And all of a sudden we then had this influx of people who'd seen what the initial SDRs had managed to achieve in terms of becoming perhaps personalities on LinkedIn, successfully launching sales careers, going on to be individuals who were perhaps in the professional limelight, showing that they'd gone from being SDRs to becoming account executives to maybe SDR leaders. And that then kind of forged this career path that people prior to university or looking to enter the world could then see. Um, So that was really exciting as it became like a desirable place for people to want to work. I think also with lots of funding coming into uh, the market, the SaaS companies were able to offer training, development, coaching, really attractive Uh, packages that made people want to join. So there was this big moment where uh, there was offices with pool tables that hadn't seen before people getting flown out to America to go on the the company kickoff. And that was like an entire new initiative. Um, So the market went from something that was something that you quite often had to present to a candidate to make them interested in it to something that people were really driving at, focusing on wanting to become and actually aiming to, to do that after they'd finished education. Um, So that was really interesting. That was probably like 2018 to 2020. Then we had COVID. So lots of people have been hired into SDR positions. SaaS companies have really embraced it as a model. Um, We stepped into COVID and there was all that uncertainty, particularly around the March 2020 period to June 2020. And a general kind of idea of organizations thinking, should we be hiring people who are particularly junior because we don't really know what the new world of work looks like. Um, With organizations being technologically technologically enabled, uh, they quickly sprung back, managed to find out how they could manage people remotely and, and still be able to onboard SDRs, manage them, etc. And then we saw this massive uptick as the bo- cost of uh, borrowing became so cheap. So lots of SDRs hired 2020 to 2022. And then interesting pressures in the market from mid last year to now, which have kind of definitely changed the profile of individual that companies maybe look for, the way that the the role is now executed, and what perhaps what the future of the role looks like as well. Okay, super interesting, <laughs> how, how, it, how it's changed. And um, something that you touched on there. Um, and that's this is this ties into a conversation that, that has been coming up a lot on recent podcasts we have, because of this risk. Um, companies potentially shifting to hiring only experienced SDRs. Um, what, what do you think of that? Mm-hmm. So I've seen I've seen companies asking, can we find people with more experience? Because we're conscious that the environment at the moment is particularly tough, which it definitely is uh, and has been for the last eighteen months. Um, sometimes it works for businesses. I think what's difficult is to find a high volume of skilled SDRs that you can hire with experience because typically organizations hire them with the motivation to, for, for them to then become the next generation of sales talent within the organization that they've been employed. Where I've seen success from organizations looking at the inexperienced profile is at one point organizations would have been very focused upon that person's track record of success previous, their transferable skill set 
Whereas now, I think that the companies who hire profiles with limited experience who've gone to be successful are very much focused around that person's adaptability, their flexibility, their capability to deal with ambiguity, how they've shown that they have been able to operate in pressurized situations before. So I think that the, the, the questions and the qualities that people are seeking have changed. Uh, but we still made lots and lots of placements of candidates who've had limited or no commercial experience who've gone on to land in businesses. And I think also there also has to be the understanding from the hiring manager that these candidates are now stepping into a very tough environment and taking it back to the onboarding, how they first train people when they land in the business and the ongoing co- coaching and support that they give to those candidates to help make them successful. Absolutely. And how do you take those skills and map your assessment day to try and uncover those skills like can you walk through what your what one of your assessment days looks like sure so the assessment centers that we run on behalf of companies are all bespoke per company so first of all we consult with an organization to really kind of get a bit of an understanding of what they're actually going to need from a candidate in order to be successful. And we work with all different types of businesses. Sometimes that business is looking to hire that founding SDR, somebody who is going to be a true Trojan horse in the marketplace, trying to understand like what the actual sales process and cadence looks like, who is the ICP, what are their challenges and how are we going to shape that? Um, At the other end of the scale, we hire for organizations who've got a very structured process in place. They've hired many in SDR before. They really understand what works and they're looking for people who are going to come in with the right attitude, take advantage of a playbook that's already in place and deliver. Um, So we we kind of need to understand where along that that journey a client is when they're looking to hire. We take that to market and profile candidates against the the capabilities that they are looking for us to find. Um, Then we select successful candidates to come to an assessment centre in line with that hiring requirement. At that event, we'll put the candidates through a couple of different exercises to show their skill set. So first of all, a self-introduction session where the candidates introduce themselves to the Zoom, highlighting some things from their career history, their perhaps their academics, particular achievements that they think highlight why they might be a strong profile for the organization. Then they move into a commercially focused exercise. So this involves us delving into all of the things an SDR needs to do in order to be successful, including putting together qualification calls, understanding, a client's pain points, creating pitches that would speak back to that and handling questions and objections on the spot. So to the point of the adaptability, flexibility, um, people showing their ability to act under pressure, this is where that happens in the assessment center. So organizations can see live in an unrehearsed environment, what does that person's sales instincts tell them to do, ask or say. And you mentioned that you've placed 3000 delegates. In your opinion, um, what are SDRs who are getting placed and who are successful, what are they doing to stand out? I think they're really listening. Okay. So I think that even in the interview process, obviously we all know that being a successful SDR involves a lot of listening and being able to understand your clients. But I think that they're demonstrating in the interview process that they're able to be very conversational and they're not stepping into interview processes trying to deliver a picture about them. They are actually getting to the root of what that organization is about, why they're looking to hire SDRs, the part that they're going to play in the overall tapestry of success of that business moving forward, asking the right questions, seeming curious um, and coachable and having that hunger to learn. And I think that that's what organizations really want from an SDR when they're looking to make and hire. 
Yeah. And and coachability is one of those things that we've that we've always talked about. I think listening is one of those things that I think as the role of the SDR has become a lot more consultative and it's become a lot more about nurturing relationships and building trust. I think that's one we've seen. Like I remember when when I started as an SDR, I went to an assessment day as well. And I felt like what they were looking for was actually a lot more of that extrovert. And I feel like so much of that has kind of changed if we don't we don't want that um, you know, overly extrovert you know, dynamic, loud salesperson anymore. We actually want someone who is curious, who is coachable, who will listen, who is really good at building relationships. Um, so I, I've certainly seen that shift as well. Um, but but it's interesting to, to hear that. So 2023 has been a tough year, as, as we all know. Um, what, what do you want to leave behind this year? I think leaving, what I'd love to leave in 2023 is the... Um, the main competitor being doing nothing. Because I think that's very difficult for organizations when they're selling, isn't it? When they're just simply stuck in that moment where companies are too nervous to commit, too nervous to make a decision, and you didn't manage to sell, but also maybe there's not that much you can learn from it. Because if you lose to a competitor, that might even be a bit of better situation for you to be in. Because it's, did you qualify the deal enough? Did you have the right decision makers? Did you manage to dig for that pain enough in the sales process? Uh, or was there something else that meant that you didn't get that deal? Whereas when it's the do nothing, then it can sometimes feel like it is simply down to the economy or, or things that we can't necessarily affect. Yeah. I mean, doing doing nothing is it has been an approach for a lot of companies this year, whether it's talent, tools, tech stack. For those companies who want to do something but can't necessarily work with Venetrix right now, what, what advice would you give them if they were if they were starting an SDR team for the first time and they were trying to do this themselves? Yeah. OK, so I think that. A great place to start when you're looking to hire is having a look at the people that you've got internally. So who have you already got? What makes those people successful? And how could those people represent your brand successfully on platforms that you can use that are already free? So for example, perhaps creating case studies about salespeople in your organization who've been successful, what they've achieved, and things that you feel that you, you, you are um, happy to share commercially across LinkedIn as a, as a platform could help you attract potential candidates. I think thinking about the actual job, the market conditions, and and evaluating what skills you are actually looking for in a candidate and then creating an interview process that then will help you achieve that is going to be key in making sure that the people that you bring on board can actually operate in the market that was 2023 and will be 2024. Um, and then I think expectation management with incoming candidates to make sure that your program is going to be successful. So what does that three months really look like? What are you going to deliver to them in terms of onboarding, training, expectation setting? And what do you really expect back from them? And how will you monitor that? Um, so those are kind of the three components I would suggest to an organization looking to set up their SDR team. Okay. And and for the for those who could potentially like go through an interview process, um, what would you how would you say to companies to assess their talent that are, that are coming in through applications? Mm-hmm. Um, because as we talked about, like interviewing just one to one is quite difficult and you don't necessarily have that experience. They might not be able to run a full on assessment day themselves. So how would you advise them to assess that talent? Mm-hmm. So typically, I would recommend um, organizations not doing an assessment process to probably go through a three stage interview process. Mm-hmm. Um, so prior to that, see, screen CVs, identify candidates that you'd like to interview. Then the first stage of the three, um, first stage, 
general Q&A and an opportunity to sell to the candidate. So at this point, the, the organization wants to be prepared with their vision, what their mission is for the, the next year, how they see their, their, their business growth objectives and what strategies they're going to put in place to make sure that that's delivered and ultimately what that means to that potential incoming person as, a, as, a, as well as some general Q&A to get to understand a little bit more about the candidate. But the first stage should be about selling to the candidate because that then makes them excited and um, ready to input their best effort into the two further stages, which were a bit more of a test of them. So second stage would recommend some kind of case study or role play to suit the organization. Um, we speak with different hiring managers who have different preferences on where they would like the strength of the candidate to be. So sometimes I see people who are particularly keen to make sure that the candidate's got exceptional writing skills because they're going to be selling to an industry where that's particularly important. Perhaps it's email, perhaps it's you know follow-up emails, um, proposals, et cetera. Or sometimes we speak to organizations where they're most interested in how somebody could role play over the phone. So by creating that interest in the initial first interview, you get a candidate who's, in, who's enthusiastic and motivated to take part in some kind of case study or exercise. As well there, you can also move into some competency-based questions to start to drill down on those elements uh, of the role and the, and the companies that you would like to test in line with what it is that you've identified you think is gonna suit the market for you best. And then finally, a culture stage. So perhaps involving other people from the team, this gives the candidate an opportunity to learn more about other people in the team and also for you to see if they are going to be a good match with the kind of um, culture that you're looking to create internally. Okay, amazing. So, so a really, really good process, but a lot of work for an organization to do to do themselves. So, um, okay, that's, that's interesting. There was one thing you said at the start, which the first process was all around selling to the candidate. And I... <laughs> Um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I don't think a lot of companies see the first stage as having that objective, because I think they see the first stage as, um, well, you know, we should, we're a great company and they should want to join us. Um, so why do you think it's so important for the first stage to be around selling the opportunity to, to the candidate? Because it is, um, it is a competitive market out there. But yeah, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's definitely a competitive market out there. I think for organizations who are looking to market their own roles to the SDR community, if they've had an experience of that, of posting roles on LinkedIn, et cetera, you will see you might get 400 applications. Definitely you know, not uncommon when you have a little look through the jobs that are being posted on LinkedIn and you have a look at how many people have, have potentially applied. Out of those people it'd be quite difficult to actually focus in on the relevant applications because there might not be so many of those. So less relevant people, lots of organization hiring, even right now, because organizations are focused on building outbound and thinking about 2024, there's probably still 3000 vacancies for SDRs in, in London, if I were to have a guess at how many are listed on LinkedIn right now, because that's a trend that we've seen all throughout 2023. Um, so competition for the best pe people is rife. And for the most part, SDR type profile candidates are coming from a place of lack of experience and potential naivety. So they're not necessarily going to know your brand. They're not necessarily going to have heard of your company before. Um, and they're going to have the opportunity to read about lots of companies who've potentially just achieved a certain level of funding or have read a blurb about an organization that's been written as 
you know, an opportunity to sell the software. So it sounds exciting. So it gets difficult for them to differentiate one from the next because they're hearing about this software that solves this problem for clients and they think that sounds brilliant. And then they read the next one and like, well, this one sounds great too. So actually taking the time with a high caliber candidate who's got lots of potential to explain that to them in a first stage interview might help you capture their interest. And ultimately hiring the right SDRs into your business can make a huge difference to how successful your pipeline goes on to be, because I'm sure for any revenue leaders listening to this podcast, if they think about the difference between their very best and the least talented people that they've gone on to hire, that can sometimes run into tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of potential ARR. So um, that's why it's important to do and to take that time to, to make sure that the candidate is excited so that you then get the best out of them in stages two and three when you're then making your decision. Interesting. And how do you then match a candidate to the right opportunity? Because I imagine you've got varying levels of opportunities. One might be in MarTech, one might be in FinTech, Mm -hmm. complex sales. So given the fact they don't have much experience, how do you find, how do you match the right individual with the right organization? Yeah. So it is talking to them about their objectives and like what it is that they um, are interested in, their personality type. Um, and the type of culture that they are that they are talking about wanting to get involved in. You can imagine that for lots of the candidates that we speak to, some of them are like particularly drawn to, you know, I want to work in a team where there's lots of people that I can learn off and I want to be um, exposed to those people every day. Well, that person's going to be more suitable to an organization that has a larger team that's perhaps in office more. We might get to speak to a candidate that says, listen, I'm ready to work more independently. I'm looking for this type of opportunity. Um, we just try and break that down to understand how much of it is real in some cases. So sometimes, you know, candidates will say the most important thing to me is that I'm, I'm, I'm working in a position that's hybrid. But then when we actually ask them about that and say, is that actually the most important thing to, to you and break it down into, you know, who the leaders will be that you'll be working with, what the product is, what's the market opportunity. Um, then sometimes that can kind of fall away and you start to understand the things that they're really looking to focus on. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I'm sure you've seen it all. Um, so just just shifting gears slightly, we talked a lot about 2023. Um, what do you think will carry on in 2024 and, and what are you hoping will change? So I think what will carry on in 2024 is the move away from business development and prospecting at scale, automated, lots of emails, you know, one to many type interactions and i think that um you know what will what will what will continue to take its place is one-to-one strategic business development plays to specific personas in organizations with a tailored message Um, and i think that the kind of one to many type marketing will be more based upon linkedin linkedin brands, people creating content videos, webinars that are more interesting and engaging than things written down in, in emails sent in mass. Okay. Interesting. And what are you hoping, um, what are you hoping will change from a recruitment perspective? So the, the beginning of the year for us was very, very difficult because I think, um, when we saw interest rates, particularly high organizations, struggling to maybe get funding or definitely slowing down upon the pace that they want to go for funding or being very conscious about that the market for 
venture capital, there was a slowdown in hiring of SDRs and, and basically across all levels. As we're coming up towards the end of the year, lots of businesses are preparing hard for 2024. And right now we are like booked with assessment centers and, and companies hiring certainly until like the end of the year and, and into the beginning of next, which is super duper exciting. Um, I think, you know, what I would say to companies now is look beyond trying to think of hiring people who've got experience, focus on that adaptability and flexibility, ability to withstand pressure when you're looking to hire the candidates into your team. And I think a lot of organizations are, are doing that, but perhaps just being like really open-minded to the type of profiles of people that you could be. Um, I think into the beginning of the year, January, February, March, we see a lot of people career changing. So perhaps they've already worked in one sector and been successful, but they're now looking to move into a, a SaaS sales career. So that does involve some open-mindedness from hiring managers. Yeah, interesting. I think we are going to see a lot of movement in Q1 next year. It's, it's been so good to get your thoughts on this. Um, and I guess the last question, I'm sure you get prospected to a lot. You get a lot of SDRs reaching out to you. Um, what's What's been the most creative outreach that, that's ever stood out to you? Um, and because I think SDRs are struggling with prospecting now, so it'd be great to hear a success story that, that you've seen and had. Yeah. Um, so do you know what? I don't know how much prospecting has actually gone on to me and Venetrix this year necessarily. So I actually think the people who stand out are the people who ring, who ring you. Yeah. And, you know, I think for the most part, we are probably operating in environments where the level of prospecting that people do is probably quite high, actually, yeah. because there's so many resources like you know, this podcast, sales confidence, all the conversations that we're having on LinkedIn, all the guidance that realistically lots of sales leaders spend time sharing around actually like digging for pain, questioning your prospects, trying to like be curious. So I honestly think just do that and do that, do that authentically and genuinely and actually understand about the company that you're talking to. Because I would say, you know, for a lot of the cold calls that I get are people who probably don't even know what Venetrix does haven't yeah. really got a reason to call. And sometimes like they end the call themselves very quickly because they kind of know that they that they're, that they haven't really prepared for it. So I, I think the basics work if you do them. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and what you just said there is actually just picking up the phone, but, but that research and knowing your buyer, but what that tells me is as a founder and CEO, you are picking up the phone and you, people can contact you. So if someone with the right message has got something to, to um, add value, because what we hear is, oh, the phone doesn't work, no one will pick up. But actually what you're saying is, they do, but they're actually, you're not their ICP. And so there's that, that that's really interesting. And actually you're probably the fifth person that we've had on the podcast <laughs> uh, that has said, actually just the one that stood out to me is the one that's that's called me. It's mm -hmm. very difficult for an email or a LinkedIn message to, to stand out and have that effect. Yeah. Um, I mean, this has been so great. Thank you so much. And for, for people um, who, who want to find you and connect with you, whether that's companies or candidates, what's the best way to, um, to connect with you? Drop me a message on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from anyone who wants to chat about SDR hiring, SDR careers, or, or anything like that. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Elaine. Really appreciate it. And this, this was a great one.